0: We're going to look at Colossians chapter three, verse one. I need you to turn there. I need you to go there on your phone. This needs to be resonating with us as we go out throughout this week. And you'll hear me say this many, many times in this place. I know that this is not the only time that we're going to gather in the presence of God. This may be the only time that you and I gather in a crowd like this. But this is not going to be the only time that you and God gather into each other's presence. And here's what I'd love for us to practice from this place. We read Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. And then we take it and we're going throughout this week and we're reminded of that. And then we get into a place where we know that it's just me and God. It's not me in a church service and it's not me and the preacher, but it is just me and God. And we're standing there, we're sitting there, we're eating our lunch, we're driving to work and we just say, God, what do you want to say to me? What are you wanting to say to me through what I heard yesterday in that church service? I long for the day where there are so many people in this little tiny community where we just know that what we do here is yes, it's so great. I love it. I have fun. I've enjoyed this, but this right here is just one part of the lifestyle that you and I have of understanding that no matter what, when, or where we are in God's presence, and he always has something to reveal to us. I don't want to see a show of hands because I don't even want the negative space in here today. Don't even want to give the enemy any ground. But I know deep down there are some of you who cannot stand your work environment, How about this? Tomorrow, you're not only going to work, but you're going to be in the presence of the Father. Let that mindset be with you. Thanks, man. If I quit yelling, I'd be better off, wouldn't I? Come on. I can't even get this open. No, man, I got it. It's pretty bad. Listen, if I knock that water off and it gets any of you wet, we're going to count that as a baptism, all right? I want you to look at your paper, what you wrote. Listen, this is where we're going to go this today. And this is going to probably go where Josh said it's a great thing after the service. We were talking about it. He said, man, that's a great thing just to have people stick in their Bibles and remind them that I have a choice of what mindset to look at them through. I want you to go ahead and look at them. This is real time stuff. This is live. This is what's going on with some of us. Paul says it this way. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse two, Colossians three, two. Listen to this. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. I would highlight, I would underline that. I would do something to where that comes to my mind. Hey, God, would you remind every one of the people sitting in this room today that tomorrow, sometime when they wake up, when they're getting ready, when they're driving to work, when they're going to school, when they're in their class, would you remind them of what the Holy Spirit asked Paul to write? That everything that is coming around me, going on in my life, I have to view it as you, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are viewing it. I don't want to view it as the way the world tells me to view it. I want to set my mind on things that are of your kingdom and not on the way that this world operates in Jesus name. Amen. That's the prayer. So here's the thing, because your circumstances, your surroundings and your outcomes may never change. What you wrote down on that paper may never change. Now, there's a lot of variables and factors that bring that about. Can I just tell you, for those of you who wrote something down where there is personal conflict, a relational conflict, where there is strife between you and another human being, can I just tell you this? Just very quickly, go with me here. There are three parties at play. There is me and my understanding. There is the other party and their understanding. And then I believe that there is the Holy Spirit. I can partner with the Holy Spirit. I can ask for forgiveness. I can forgive I can move on with my life. But if the other party, the other understanding does not partner with the Holy Spirit of God, then there is going to be differences, possibly conflict and difficult situations. And here's what I've learned. In my 44 years, I cannot make any of you choose differently or to partner with the Holy Spirit of God. I have the choice only in my life to partner with God and I partner with the Holy Spirit in uh, hopefully every situation and there are still situations, circumstances and outcomes that may never change because others are not willing to partner and move in the direction of the Father. It's just reality. And some of you, I hope you're in your mind are saying, well where is the hope in that? I thought this relationship with God was supposed to smooth everything out and make it all better. All these struggles and situations and things that I wrote down on this paper, I wrote them there to expose them to God so that he would move them out of the way, that he would eradicate them, and my life would now be one of ease. I said that to the Lord. I said, God, where is the hope in telling all these people that the outcomes and situations and circumstances may not change? I said, God, where is the hope in that? And you know what he told me? I wrote it down because I don't want to ever forget this. He said, Scott, hope's not found in changing temporary things. He said, hope is found and anchored in the way my new mindset, me, my new mindset views my circumstances, surroundings, and outcomes. That's where the hope is found. This morning, God is laying a treasure chest of hope in front of every single one of us. That you, whatever you wrote down on paper or have locked tight in the darkness of your mind, he is saying those may never change on this side of eternity, but that's not where freedom begins and that is not what hope is all about. Hope is being able to look at the things that only you and God know that are right here you're too afraid to put on paper. Hope is saying, hey, I know that those things exist. I know that happened. I know that person. Hope is not that changing. Hope is understanding that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have given me a renewed mindset as to the way I look at all of those things. That's the hope. That's what I long for in this place. That's what I want this community to grab a hold of. That's what I want this southern culture to grab a hold of. That's what I want this country to understand. Who knows where it goes. You know what's so beautiful is it's laying right there in every one of our laps. Something else the Lord told me. He said, Scott. Your circumstances are going to continually try to enslave you. Did you hear that? That's just what he told me. You take it and see what he says to you. He said, Scott, your circumstances, situations, all this stuff that goes on in your life, those are going to continually try to enslave you. But he said, a renewed mind will always lead you to Freedom. I think the reason that some of us don't sleep well is because we don't operate with the free mind that's being renewed by God, the Holy Spirit. I know that's probably part of my issue. I told somebody just last night it was over at my house having dinner. I struggle going to sleep. Sometimes it's 2, 3, 4 in the morning. My best sleep comes around probably about 5.30, 6 o'clock. And then guess what? It's time to get up. I think some of our struggles are because we don't operate with a lifestyle of the renewed mind that leads to freedom. See, Paul said here, he said, Hey, let's set our minds on things that are above. He's talking about the kingdom of God. Let's position our minds to think on what is actually happening in the kingdom not on things that are on this earth. So that's a lot of groundwork for where the Lord's actually, actually taken us on a journey over the next several weeks. There are a lot of us in here and we drew that imaginary ceiling and guess what? We've been trying to do this according to our ways and we continually hit the ceiling only to be greatly disappointed. Not only in God, but also in ourself. And so in Jesus' name today, that is not the lifestyle that we're going to practice anymore. Tomorrow, God, remind us that we're going into this thing and we're going to look at what your word, your truth says, and today I operate on a mind with a mind that is going to focus on the things that are above. And I'm going to be able to look at my struggles, these circumstances, all of these predicaments that seem to be mounting up. I use this illustration in talking to someone this week. And I'm not like a scientist or anything, but I've watched enough documentaries and and I, 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 I know that there are tectonic plates down in the earth, right? And what's happening is they're constantly moving, even though they're moving just very little. Sometimes they speed up and they move. And what happens is they start to overlap. And over time, they just start to build up, build up, build up, build up. To give you a better illustration, you ever go to the beach and hang out there with your kids and get in the mud and the water and just make sand drip castles? And they just build up, they build up, they build up. That's what's going on in a lot of our lives. They're just building up, they're just building up, they're just building up. And eventually, it's just like with those tectonic plates, they only go so high. I think the tallest one that created in this world was, what, Mount Everest? Is that the tallest mountain? There's, there's a limit. It's the same, same thing when we're on the beach and we're dribbling and we're having those sand castles built. There's a limit because it gets so high, and what happens? It topples over. It's the same thing that's going on in our life. All of these things are coming around. Tectonic plates, these issues, these struggles, and what, and I don't know why we've done this. I don't know where this started, but somewhere in the Christian culture down here in the South, we told everybody to have it all together on the outside, and on the inside, the tectonic plates are building up, and there's a mountain that is growing, and here's what happens. A lot of Christ followers... And a lot of non-Christ followers, they get to the top of this tectonic plate and they look down and they're like, I don't know what else to do. And, and, and there's no other choice but to either remain there or just to go back down. And what I feel like God is asking of us As let's understand, yeah, there are issues and struggles and situations. The plates are stacking on top of each other. But instead of us staying there or going back down to where it's more comfortable, I believe that this morning the Holy Spirit is saying to every single one of us, it is time that we jump off and we soar. Like you've never soared before. And what you're going to find is you're not even going to notice that there is a ceiling. And the Holy Spirit of God is going to take you through it. And you're going to see things like you've never seen them before. You're going to respond in ways that you've never responded before. You're going to get in a day, I promise you a day is coming. When you and the Father are partnering not when you and the church or you and the preacher or you and another person are partnering, but you and God Almighty are partnering. There are going to be tectonic plates that start stacking up and it may look a lot like what some of you have written down on your piece of paper or in your journal. Those things are going to continue to stack up and you're going to see them and they're not even going to scare you anymore. Because of this mindset that the Holy Spirit has promised us. We think and we see and we respond in ways that are contrary to the ways that we've lived the previous life. We're going to take Paul's word for it and we're actually going to put it into practice even when we don't want to or feel like it. Maybe you're sitting in this room and you're new to this thing. You're like, what is this guy getting all worked up for? It's because there's a lifestyle that the Father has promised every one of us. And by I just don't see enough of us grasping a hold of the gold that is in front of us. I see a lot of people who are down and they're disgusted and they're angry and they're on the verge. And they're just saying, I keep hitting this ceiling and I don't know what to do about it. And what God is saying, he's like, no, I want to set you free. Jesus Christ has given you a mindset. He's given you a renewed mind and we can think on things way different than the rest of this world thinks. I can look at those things that are causing me struggle and strife and I can look at them and just say, hey, listen to this, listen. Here's where we're going for the next few minutes. Those things do not cause me fear. I realize that God is pursuing me Because he is on a never-ending pursuit of you. And because he is pursuing you in these things, these things are phenomenal ways that a loving father is pursuing you to prepare you for what he has in store for you. We're not gonna get to go there this morning. We're gonna go there next Sunday, is that okay? These things that are present in your life is God's way of pursuing you because he is preparing you because he knows what your future holds. Let's go to Jonah, Old Testament book of Jonah. Pastor Brent opened this word a couple of weeks ago and my goodness, I just, the Lord started saying so many things to me and I've been in Jonah, it's only four short chapters. I'm sure they're just assuming, there's probably some people who've never heard this story. It's a phenomenal one, short, you can read it, it's amazing. But I wanna draw out some of these truths that the Lord has been speaking to me, he spoke to me through Pastor Brent a couple of weeks ago. He's been speaking to me ever since about this. In the theme of Jonah, God comes to a godly man and says, hey, Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh. There's a bunch of people that are messed up and I have a story, I have a message for you and it's a message of hope, it's a message of God's goodness and love. I need you to go to Nineveh and I need you to share this message. And Jonah, again, a godly man, a prophet, used by God, this man says, no way, hey, God, In fact, I'm going to run from you. I don't want to see a show of hands, but I guarantee you Jonah's not the only one that's ever done that. We'll pick it up here in Jonah chapter one. After hearing that, I want to just start here at verse three. It says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. He chose to flee and go the opposite direction to get away from the presence of the Lord. I don't want to see a show of hands, but go ahead and just know that if that's you this morning, if that's where it feels like, that, listen, here's the deal. We have not had a, create, a culture that is safe enough for Christians who've been in church all their life. Maybe even new Christians. We got saved. We accepted Jesus as our savior. We got saved. We, we've journeyed along. And just the things of this life have grown strangely dim. Okay? And we've not had a safe enough environment. Listen, let's just call it what it is. We've hit the ceiling before, but guys, the Lord has put us together with a team of people that love God's presence and we want to see other people operating in his gifts and freedom. And so the ceiling has been hit many, many times over, but we're not going to hit the ceiling anymore, guys. I'm just gonna call this what it is. We're gonna go through in this ceiling because of the deal. We have not had a safe enough environment or culture. And listen, it is gonna take some time to get that. We're not gonna have it just because we preach about it one Sunday. But we've not had a safe enough environment or culture for a Christ follower who's going to die and go to heaven. Come up to another brother in Christ and say, you know what, man, I am just I'm just dry. I, this stuff is stale. Like I'm bored. I'm just really not even into God right now. If I have to sing Reckless Love one more time, I'm going to vomit. I love that song, by the way. Hey guys, we got to have a safe enough environment and culture. Our students, look at them sitting all over there and they're scattered. They can come up to mom or dad, the leader of the house, and say, I'm really struggling with this thing because... My friends are telling me that, like, God created them to be homosexual. But I don't think that's what I believe. How do we journey through that? You See, what we've done is we create an environment that make it so weird for our kids to come to us or any other brother or sister in Christ and say, huh, I'm struggling. I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian anymore. Well, hey, how about this? Let's talk about it, man. Like, what's going on? Instead of combating it with darkness, let's combat it with the truth. And so that is what we're after here. And we're hitting a lot of ceilings, but guess what? It's not us that's breaking through them. It is God that is breaking through them. And I want God to be doing the same thing for every single one of you in this place today. The things that you caused are causing you struggle and strife. I don't want those to continually to keep you in bondage. God said to me, he said, Scott, hey, guess what? Your circumstances are always going to want to keep you enslaved. But it's the Christ, the mind of Christ, the freedom in Christ that is going to lead you into a lifestyle of freedom. So I see the ceiling. I don't know how God's going to break us through it, but that's what he's going to do. And I don't know how he's going to help you overcome all of the things that maybe you wrote down. Even though the circumstances don't change, he's going to give you not a spirit of fear, but one of passion. And you're going to know that you're being pursued. Even when you want to go the other direction. God is still going to pursue you. So go ahead and run. Go ahead and hide. Go ahead and deny and go ahead and put it down into darkness. Guess what? That's not going to stop God from fleeing. And he's not, it's not going to stop him from chasing after you. So if you're sitting in this room today and you're fleeing and you're running and you're suppressing and you're hiding and you're like, I am so dry and so crusty and I'm just so this, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't even like to be around other Christians. I like to be around these other people who have a good time and go crazy and party. At least their life's exciting. I don't like what I am experiencing If that's you, I need you to write down Psalm 139. Go ahead in your notes. We're not going here. I'm not going to read this to you. Here's the deal, I don't, I don't know how many Bibles we've got in this place, but if you don't have a Bible that you enjoy reading, listen to me. If you have a Bible and you don't enjoy reading the translation that you have, I don't know even where anybody is in this room that can help me with this, but Brent, I see you back there, dude. If we need to give every Bible away that we own in this bookstore, let's give it to them. If you don't have a Bible that you enjoy sitting down and reading, then we will give you one today. The easiest thing to do is go onto your phone. It's free. And there are all kinds of translations that you can look up Psalm 139 in. And I need you to concentrate on verses around 7 through 12. And then wherever else the Lord takes you. Because you'll see in God's word, he says there is no place on this planet that you can run from me. So you can keep running. But guess what? I'm pursuing you. You can throw up all the dark things that you've ever said, done, or thought. And guess what? I dare you to turn around because he's right there behind you. God is pursuing you. And with a renewed mind that Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit have given us, when we wake up tomorrow morning, we're going to wake up with an understanding that this is not a boring day. I don't care if it's raining. Yeah, God forgot to turn the water off. I don't care. It's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> if that offended any of you, I know God doesn't forget. Only our sins he forgets. <laughs> that was so cheesy. <laughs> Golly, that was cheesy. Let me take a drink of water. <laughs> tomorrow morning, we're going to wake up. It's probably going to be cloudy. It's probably going to be rainy, but it's not in the kingdom. Tomorrow, we're going to say, hey, you know what? God, I know you're pursuing me. I'm going to work. You're going with me. You're pursuing me. There are things that are going to come against me. And it is that that is not only showing me that you are pursuing me, but it is that that you wrote down on your card that is awakening me to the fact and the truth and the promise that you are preparing me for something great. See, Jonah took off and went the opposite direction, he even paid money to get out of God's presence. Says, but the Lord, verse four, and you know the story. Some of you well. He got on this boat, and a great storm arose. Right. Says the guys who were owning the ship, the, uh, the the mariners. It says in this translation were afraid, and they cried out, and they threw stuff overboard, trying to lighten the load. Again, trying to do things on their own, which did not work. We're not going there this morning. We're going to go there next week. But Jonah had gone down, I'm in the last part of verse 5, but Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. How in the world can someone who is running 180 degrees from the Lord go down into the lowest part of the ship and find rest? I have no idea other than the Lord. (laughs) Did you get that? If he would have been on his own, you see the man's reaction was scared to death. There was precious cargo on that boat. And because they were trying to save their own life, they were willing to throw away all the material goods to save their own life. And see, this is something of God's nature that we've got to sit in his presence and grasp for ourselves. You cannot have my encounters with God, you can't. My children who I live with and pay for Daily. You would think enough money would pay for me to be able to give them something like this. But even that, they cannot have my encounters and experience with God. They just can't have it. It's got to be their own. Little ones and students in this room, guess what? You cannot have your parents or your grandparents' relationship with God. You cannot have their encounters and experience with God. But what they are experiencing, he has even more ready for you to experience. You see, it's only God... In his nature of love and pursuit that a man like Jonah can go one hundred and eighty degrees the other way, make great efforts to run from the presence of God and be tired and go down into a storm, a tempest. My translation that I'm reading and studying out of nowadays is the ESV and it used this word tempestuous. Like I had to ask somebody what that meant. I don't even they don't say that in Wahlberg, do we? We say rough as a cob. That's the same. That's what tempestuous means. Brent, you can look that up in the Hebrew, and I guarantee it says rough as a cob. The sea was rough as a cob. And only God in his nature of love for Jonah in the pursuit of Jonah can a man go down and fall asleep in that kind of storm. Let me just give you a little heads up. Where we're going next Sunday is that God that man has created in our own image has said that chapter two is God paying back Jonah for his disobedience? Mm-mm. You read chapter two and three and four. I wish there was like a chapter five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten of Jonah because you would still see not payback but pursuit. And preparation. Chapter 2 begins the preparation of Jonah's life. And it may be chapter 2 and it may be today that God is bringing forth a light in some of our lives. Wait a minute, God's not trying to pay me back. He's actually using all of this stuff to prepare me for something very great. That doesn't bother us. That's no big deal. We're always so, oh, oh, no. That's okay. It's a phone ringing. We hear it all the time. Jonah went down into the deepest part, the darkest probably part of this ship. Let's Just imagine, there was no electricity. This was not a cruise ship. He went to the darkest, deepest place of this ship, and he fell asleep. I think that only comes between a man and God. I believe God only can provide something like that. You may look at your sheet and you be like, oh, all this stuff, I've got to do all this stuff, and I've got to do this and get ahead of that and make sure I've got all my I's dotted and my T's crossed and this person doesn't get one over me. How about this? Just chill out. Seriously, just chill. Hey, God, would you give me the same peace and sleep that Jonah had in the belly of that boat? That wasn't man created. That was from God. You mean to tell me he was going and running away from God and God still gave him that? Absolutely. God didn't stop pursuing Jonah. He was preparing Jonah because there was something great that Jonah needed to do for the glory of God. You'll see that if you read that. Here's where we're going to end this morning because we're going to pray over a few things. I just need to sort of just make this just a, almost a point without going deep into this. But in this story of Jonah, the men are freaking out. Jonah comes up. They say, hey, why don't you pray to your God and maybe he'll spare our life. And then Jonah says this. Look at verse 11. After the guys are saying, what are we going to do to you, Jonah? That this sea will quiet down for us. For the sea grew more and more rough as a cob, <laughs> Tempestuous. Listen, we need to relax a little bit in here, okay? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Verse 12. Here's where Jonah comes in. He says, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it's because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Can I ask you one question? And I want you to take this question to the Lord. You and him hang out and talk about this this week. Hey, God, how did Jonah know that? Because that sounds like the dumbest idea. I believe man would have come up and said, Hey, let's turn the boat around. We're not that far from land. Let's just go back to Joppa. How in the world do you think Jonah knew that if he was thrown into the sea, that the sea would all of a sudden calm down? Because that's exactly what happened. I think it's in the 15th verse real quick. Let me just see it. Yeah, 15th verse says, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him to the sea. See that? And the sea ceased from its raging. How did Jonah know that? How did he know that? Jonah was running from the Lord. Jonah was going into the deepest, darkest place that he could find on that boat. See, we've been told that when we do things like that, that that God quits pursuing us. He's definitely not going to speak to us. Hey, for every person in this room, I don't care how righteous you think you are. I don't care how worthy you think you are. Listen, here it is. Listen to this. Please do not miss this. Every single one of you in this room are worthy only because of the person of Jesus Christ. The Word of God says that all your righteous acts are like filthy rags. But because of Jesus Christ, every single person is counted worthy in this room and can stand in a right standing before God the Father. Are we clear on that? Okay. See, here's the deal. Jonah was running from the Lord. And Lord, if I've ever misled someone, please forgive me for this. But God's nature and his character is not one that is looking for ways out of a relationship with you. God is always looking for ways for a relationship to continue with you. And that's exactly what happens here with Jonah. And I believe that's what's happening in this community this very day. There are some of us who think that we're not worthy. Let's go hide things. And if we hide, we may get out of the presence of God and he won't see us. No, he is constantly on pursuit of you. And even in the darkest, lowest of places that you think you may be able to hide, not only is he pursuing you, but he is constantly positioning himself to talk to you. How did Jonah know that if he got thrown into the water, the the water would cease raging? I believe down there in the darkness of that hole of the boat, I believe God said, hey, Jonah, this isn't going to make much sense, man, but I love you and I'm pursuing you. And we've got great things to go and do. My name's going to be glorified and this isn't going to make any sense to you, Jonah, but I need you to go tell those men to throw you into the water. I believe that God, even in Jonah's attempt to flee his presence, God never, Stopped talking to Jonah. So here's how we end this morning. There are some things that maybe you didn't write down but are right here. That's okay. There are some things in your life that are tempest, they're raging. There are things against you. There may be people against you, there may be sickness against you. I learned this from my wife. She hates when we talk about this, but she's going to have to be here one day with me and we're going to talk about this. But I remember a friend of ours came into our house. It wasn't even our house. I was living with my parents at the time. Sort of like the whole of the ship Jonah was in. <laughs> I'm kidding. Mom, dad, I love you. A friend of mine came over to our house. It was about eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock at night. And I remember this was sort of different for my family at the time. My wife and I were there, we just, she not even, I don't even think she'd start in her chemo yet. And my friend comes over and we gathered all the kids around and we just wanted them to experience this environment that this, this friend of ours just brought in. God used him to pursue us. We just needed to talk through some things. And I remember my wife said this to him and blew his mind. And I hang with this, and she'll always hang with this. And I hope my children hang with this. And if anybody else wants to hang with it, you're going to be much better off for it. But my wife, under God's influence, she said, I don't want to miss a thing during this season. That's what she said about it. You know, you go through chemo and all this stuff, and surgeries. and, And she said, I don't want to miss a thing that God has preparing for us. I don't want to miss any of it. And you can't do that under the flesh. You can only do that under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It is only you and God that will break through the ceiling that you draw, drew earlier. It is only you partnering with God in his presence and his power, his son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that is going to take you to a place where you can look at all of the tempest things raging on your paper and you say, hey God, I know you're still with me in this. And I know you're preparing me for something great. So that's how we're going to end this morning. Hey God, I don't want to miss a thing. I just want for just a couple of minutes here, we just sit here in this place and then Pastor Josh is going to come and we're going to pray and he's got a couple things he just wants to say. We're just going to spend a minute or two here quiet. I want you to listen to the Father no matter where you are. You may be on the top of that mountain getting ready to soar or you may be down in the belly of that boat just hiding and hoping no one ever comes and finds you. That doesn't mean that God is not still pursuing And it doesn't mean that he's not speaking to you. So you take these things to the Father. And God, I want to look at these things with a renewed mind. And I want to know what you're preparing me for through them. On the screen after I leave, there's going to be a declaration that we're going to practice this week together as a body any time you can pull it up, you can look at it, maybe take a picture, write it down. But every morning, this is the declaration that we're going to make. And it's declaring, hey, God, I know that you're pursuing me. And I'm going to stand on that truth. And I'm going to enjoy the pursuit. No matter what this world throws at me.